Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today we are flashing back to episode number 161 with Jameson Jones, who is truly one of the finest leaders I've ever known. In his youth, Jameson might not have been headed towards such amazing success, but through several transformational experiences, he has truly evolved in both his business and his life. Through concepts like self-reflection, taking responsibility, vision casting, and compounding character, Jameson has become a tremendous role model for many others, and his story is an inspiration for others to follow. In this short snippet, Jameson candidly shares where he came from as a youth and reveals the most important turning point in his life. He goes on to explain how his character has evolved and some of the most important leadership qualities that he aspires to model for others. I've worked very closely with Jameson for the better part of the past decade, and I can confidently say that there's no better example of the power of personal growth and evolution that we are all capable of experiencing ourselves. The world needs more leaders like Jameson Jones. Please help spread the leadership philosophies and strategies of Cutco Vector by sharing this and other episodes of the podcast with people in your network. The podcast is available for free on just about all players. All episodes, guest bios, and show notes can also be found at changinglivespodcast.com, and you can support our sponsors by clicking on the link marked Deals on the podcast homepage. Enjoy this flashback segment with Jameson Jones, and for the full story of his evolution, you can revisit our original conversation at episode number 161. What can you tell us about the evolution of your own character and, you know, where you were before Cutco, for example? Yeah. So, you know, growing up after, after my father passed, I think there was this part of me that wanted to be accepted. Uh, in a lot of different environments, you know, like in baseball and like T-ball, you know, like as I was growing older, I noticed that I was one of the kids that didn't have a, a dad. And I did have my grandpa and my grandpa was a, a really great guy, real old school, fought in World War II. Everybody really respected him and liked him. And he he had a tendency of displaying strong character where it's like you do the right thing, you treat people well, and you don't do the right thing just because it, you know, you want to get the rewards of it, but you do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And that was great to, to model. But then as I, as I aged, I wanted to be accepted in my, my peer group and my community. And unfortunately where I wanted to be accepted wasn't really with the best, best crowd you could say, you know, so growing up through high school, I, I definitely wouldn't say that I was a bad kid, but I would also say that I wasn't a good kid. What was the turning point for you? So I think probably the biggest turning point for me was when I found out that I was going to be a father. So mm-hmm. I remember getting the phone call 
And I was I was 20 years old and I was uh, at spring break and uh, I got the phone call finding out that I was going to be a dad, you know, and as a 20 year old, I was thinking to myself, man, like I'm I'm a kid myself. Like, how am I going to how am I going to be a dad? But it's it's interesting because based on the way that I grew up, I always wanted to be a father. It was always something that was so important to me. And I, I really wanted to experience that relationship. And I've, I've realized that life will sometimes give us exactly what we want, but sometimes it's not packaged the way that we expect it to, to be or the way that we would like it to be. And in that moment, as I was, maybe not in that first moment, but as that moment unfolded and I started really reflecting on things, I realized that this is what I wanted out of my life and I needed to, you know, to make some shifts in my behavior and the way that I did things to, to be a better father or to be ready to be a father. I really appreciate you sharing some of these insights into the evolution of Jameson Jones and just how your character has evolved. I think that anybody who's working with you today sees you as like a pillar of integrity, you know, truly exceptional leadership. And to hear where this, where you kind of came from, I think it's it's really a, a lesson in people in the concept of just evolution, right? That anyone can evolve from where they are now into who they want to become. I'd like to unpack this a little bit more because I do think that a lot of people could learn things from your example. So the birth of Chloe was a real turning point for you. You ran a branch, you did well, you decided you were going to become a district manager. Over the next few years after that, I think there was a dramatic evolution in you know who you have become. Tell us a little bit about how you feel your character and your leadership evolved as you advanced into management with Vector. So in the beginning of being uh, a father and a, a single father in the very beginning, right? I was a single father and learning how to juggle all that. It was a really challenging situation. And one of my favorite movies is The Pursuit of Happiness. So I don't know if you've ever seen that movie where it's like, of course, right? So in, the, in that movie, there's a scene where Will Smith is talking about how like, in order for me to get this stuff done, I got to do this, this, and this by this time, everybody else gets this much and I got to do it in this time. And I, I learned to be more efficient. But another thing that I learned in that process is that this challenge that I was experiencing was only going to make me better in the long run. Hmm. And I think our perception of challenge really does influence how we will respond and where we cho choose to go after that. So as opposed to looking at all the reasons why I wouldn't be able to succeed, I used it as an opportunity to, to say, well, why would this make me even better? Or how could, you know, doing both of these things serve each other? And they have, you know, being a father has made me a better district manager and being a district manager and running a business and, you know, having people that I mentor has allowed me to be a better father. And those two things played a role in each other. And so just the shift in perception or perspective on challenge itself and how we decide to move forward was probably the first part of that. And then the second thing would allude to more of a, a process of self-reflection and really, really taking ownership of the outcomes. And I found that whenever there's a sense of being a victim, that's very difficult to stay in the same space as somebody who's going to be proactive and go seek out 
solutions. And I didn't want to position myself in this corner where, where I was like, oh, poor me, you know, I have a, a kid and I'm young and I'm trying to do all these things. And I, I looked at it from a different perspective and I had these, you know, goals that I, I wanted to accomplish within Vector. I wanted to be a top performer. I wanted to win a silver cup. I wanted to, you know, break records. I wanted to do those things that I think a lot of people in Vector that have a competitive spirit naturally want to do. And it started with that that shift in the way that I looked at challenge. Mm. Mm. I, that's a really important point that I think everyone needs to hear because we all have challenges that we experience in our life, and not all of them are as difficult as somebody else's. But uh, you know, we all have our own challenges, and if we view them with the victim mentality, it's a whole different way of looking at the world than if we view them with the lens of what are the gifts here? What are the opportunities here? It's almost like taking the idea of life is not happening to us, but it's happening for us and seeking out the lessons that we're trying to learn. And the irony in all of that is that sometimes life will continue to give us the same tests over and over and over again until we pass the lesson and then we graduate to newer and bigger challenges. And that was uh, another thing that I noticed is that throughout my career in Vector, I used to have this, when this occurs, then I will be. And I thought to myself, well, once my office does over a half a million dollars in sales, then I'll be this manager. This is how it will be perceived. Or you know, once I achieve this goal, then I'll be... And I realized that that destination mindset had become so fleeting and disappointing because once it was achieved, there was like, oh, there's always something more to pursue. So at that point, I shifted my perspective from the idea of trying to accomplish something to more focusing on who do I need to become in order to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish, but be satisfied with the character and the person that I've developed into. So that's another element of the last, I would say, five to 10 years that have really made the biggest impact on my career is just to shift this idea of instead of accomplishing, becoming somebody capable of and pursuing the best version of myself. Mm, that That's really profound to think about, the distinction between focusing on what it is that you want in your life versus focusing on who do you want to become in your life so that you'll be able to get more of those things that you want. Right. How did that focus manifest in your life? Like what were some of the things you did to be able to grow yourself during these years? Yes. So to extend on the, you know, self-reflection, there's a lot of challenge in being honest with yourself. And I noticed that in the beginning of seeing that I had some character flaws and seeing that I had some habits that weren't serving me well, there was a lot of resistance and it was almost like I was not taking responsibility, that I was blaming some circumstance. And I realized as soon as I did take responsibility and say, well, these are, these are my choices. I've made these choices and now I have to do, you know, I have to follow the course. And I realized that as soon as I started taking responsibility for these things, it became extremely freeing. 
Because instead of having this resistance to say like, oh, I don't know if I can, or I don't know if I want to, or, you know, I'm only doing that because of this and, and blaming these outside variables, taking ownership just eliminated any outward concern or it almost put blinders on me to say like, I just want to stay the path on becoming the best version of myself. You've just continued to elevate your, your game as a leader, it seems to me, ever since then. What do you feel like are some characteristics or phrases or words that sum up your leadership? I would say servant leadership is probably one big thing. There's a lot of people in my organization that are extremely talented, and there are probably things that I wouldn't be able to teach them. But for people that are in that position, I do try to support them in the best way that I can. And Another thing that I try to do is I try to live in alignment with the person that I think would be the best version of myself and try to set an example of, of what would be good for either them to follow or for even my kids to, to follow into. Those are probably the two biggest things that I, that I would say that identify my leadership. And just in my career, I would say one of the things I'm most proud of is that we've experienced growth almost every single year in the last 17 years. And just this focus on, can we get incrementally better and just continue to compound and build on top of that? It's that Japanese word Kaizen, just that small incremental improvement, just building over and over and over again. And it makes, makes things really move in the right direction. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. If you click on the deals link on our podcast page, you'll see some tremendous offers from our podcast sponsors. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.